It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, Zach, I, I actually just finished crushing some chicken farm. I'm, I'm freaking ready to rock and roll. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. Today will be a different show, and whenever I say that, you know that I will take an early break and then have two longer segments with two different guests. The first one is James Rapine of Locked On Bengals. Zach, why would you have a guy with Locked On Bengals on? Well, I'll tell you. Nick Eason, uh, Auburn's defensive line coach who is killing it on the recruiting front right now. I mean, you're seeing all these stories pop up on all the different recruiting sites. Auburn is hosting all kinds of talented players throughout the Southeast on campus with this first week ever since they've been able to starting uh, starting earlier this week. So that's been super exciting. And Charlie Five and I touched on it a little bit earlier in the week on Tuesday's show, but it's been really, really cool to see Nick Eason's at the forefront of all of this. And he's kind of leading the way with all of these big-time defensive linemen that are going to be big-time recruits throughout the state of Alabama. So I wanted to learn more about Nick Eason. And he spent the previous two seasons as the defensive line coach at Cincinnati. Learn a ton about the guy. And by the way, the vast majority of it is extremely positive. So James kind of shares his insight on that. And then... Lindsey Crosby, our typical Monday guest, our Auburn baseball expert. We talk a little Auburn guys in the MLB draft, and he got some notes from a guy that he knows pretty well um, that does stuff for what scouting service was it? I believe it was Perfect Game. It was either Perfect Game or D1 Baseball. I get them mixed up. So um, he is not a scout over the SEC, but he has access to their notes on all these different prospects. So he shares those with us, which I think is pretty cool. And so kind of a a peek behind the curtain there. One thing I wanted to mention before we get into both of those conversations, which will be the vast majority of this podcast, but I see this on Rotowire. Eli Stove, bad news with Eli Stove, former Auburn wide receiver, who um, looked like he was going to join the Chargers. But I'm just going to read the whole article. It's not very long. Stove announced Wednesday that he underwent surgery to repair a torn ACL. Matt Zenitz of AL.com reports, the Auburn product recently failed his physical before he was set to join the Chargers organization, and this news points to the cause of the signing falling through. Stove spent five total seasons with Auburn, recording 136 catches for 1,186 yards and six touchdowns across 46 career games. The rookie will begin the rehab process and hope to earn a shot at a roster spot heading into the 2022 season. That is heartbreaking. I hate it so much for him. I hate it so much for him. I mean, what a crappy thing, a terrible thing to happen for a guy that has worked his tail off. But, you know, when folks were saying, hey, Eli, you get drafted, I mean, the concern was his knees. He's had knee problems. And you hate for that to happen and interfere with his career, professional career, before it even gets off the ground, before it even starts. And so... The, the signing didn't even go through. I can't imagine the pain that he's feeling. So um, thoughts and prayers towards Eli Stove, and hopefully that recovery process goes well. 
And I really, really hope another team gives him an opportunity next offseason. I really, really do. But the NFL is, um, I don't know, not a very forgiving league. And um, we'll see. We'll see. But Eli Stove, the Auburn family absolutely loves you. And we are hurting with you. And we hope you uh, you get back on your feet soon and you recover. Um, first and foremost, we hope you recover and uh, get uh, get back healthy. I mean, that is a, that, that one hurts. So, all right, first up, James Rapine coming up just a moment right here on Locked on Auburn. Today's show brought to you by our friends at Made In. They produce quality cookware. Uh, they actually sent me a stainless steel skillet. And ever since I've gotten this thing, I have cooked absolutely everything that we make in it. It is a fantastic, fantastic piece of kitchenware, and you absolutely need it. You can tell that the quality and the craftsmanship um, is top-notch, and I love the sturdiness of it, and all their products are, are just like this. So the Made In produces professional quality cookware and knives for those who love to cook. I know they sent some knife sets to other hosts throughout the Locked On Podcast Network and in our group chat on Twitter. They were talking about how great they were. Made-in products are made to last, and they offer a lifetime guarantee. That's huge. That's huge. They have over 28,000 five-star reviews, and their products are used by some of the world's best chefs at Michelin-starred restaurants all around the world. Made-in, better cookware for better meals. Right now, Made-in is offering our listeners 15% off your first order with promo code LOCKEDON. This is the best discount anywhere on the internet for Made-in products. Go to madeincookware.com slash locked on and use promo code locked on for 15% off your first order. Today's show is also brought to you by our friends at rockauto.com. One reason to repair and maintain your cars is to save money so that then you can use it for other important things like mortgages or food. Why would you choose to spend 30, 50, or 100% more for the exact same auto part at a chain store or a new car dealership? You can just go to rockauto.com, pull out your phone, rockauto.com, and you'll see that all of their catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate, as well as very, very reasonably priced. Go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car, truck, or SUV. Right, Locked on Auburn in their How Did You Hear About Us box, so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Joining us now here on Locked on Auburn, James Rapine host of Locked On Bengals, also host uh, Locked On NFL. James, how are you, man? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing good. Doing good. Really appreciate your time. I wanted to talk about Coach Nick Eason. He's now Auburn's defensive line coach. And now that recruiting, um, the, the dead period is over, he's meeting with all kinds of really talented defensive linemen from states throughout the Southeast. He's kind of been labeled as the point guy for a lot of guys recruitment and uh I wanted to get your thoughts I mean his previous stint uh was at Cincinnati he went from you know coaching the the Bengals defensive line to to where he is now at Auburn and just kind of big picture I mean what were your thoughts of coach Eason during his time with the Bengals uh one I I think from a recruiting standpoint it makes a ton of sense and I'll give you uh the main reason why and it, it has been kind of tough over the past year plus, it's not like I was able to interact directly with Nick Eason like I would have in a non-COVID world. But I, I can say this for certain. When DJ Reader, who played for Eason and is familiar with Eason um, in the past and at Clemson, uh, when it was known that he wasn't going to be back, 
that was that was a big deal to Reader, and he was not happy. I'll just keep it there. He was not happy. And yeah. So when you you have a player like Reader, who's uh, the highest paid nose tackle in the NFL at the time, and, and he's upset about it, it, it's just a testament to Nick Eason and what he thought uh, Nick brought to that defensive line room. And the thing is, is you look back at what happened to the Bengals last season. It was injury after injury after injury. Geno Atkins goes down in training camp. Uh, they have to sign Mike Daniels because multiple other defensive linemen like Rennell Wren uh, go down that were supposed to be rotational pieces. And then Daniels gets injured. Reader got hurt in week five. So they had a lot of injuries and had to make do with a lot of new faces. And I never really heard anything bad about Nick Eason. And so it was a tough situation with a bunch of injuries. And then from a... Uh, a buy-in standpoint, I think the guys that were there that were signed off the street that might not have necessarily been NFL, certainly not NFL starting caliber players that were thrust into starting jobs, they um, they got or, or or always tried hard and fought, even though there wasn't much to play for. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a testament to Nick Easton and him keeping them bought in and focused. So educate us about what Cincinnati does or I guess what they did the past two seasons, as far as their defensive line. Did you see a lot of odd man fronts? Did you see four guys with their hands on the ground? Did it change? What was he kind of working with from a scheme standpoint? Yeah, it was certainly some some odd man. And the problem is, and this has kind of been the, the cycle, with Louie Anarumo, the defensive coordinator, and you had Marvin Lewis in Cincinnati for so many years, and you're running that 4-3. Well, they've slowly it's been tough but slowly transition from that to uh basically a three four and so uh you know the carlos dunlaps of the world the, the main thing it was tough i think for them to adapt to what this defensive staff wanted to do and that's why the bengals defense has you know it looks completely different and they went out and got a guy like dj reader and they went out and got all these new faces over the past couple of years in free agency so you know eason like I said, it was not a, an easy job, and it wasn't just last year with injuries. I mean, they, they had to rely on a, an aging Geno Atkins a ton in 2019. They had some injuries there, and they were thin on the defensive line. And, and I, I will say this, and I don't want to overstate it, but I, I think I should because right now you look at that defensive line and the most established player and probably the best player, certainly on the interior, is D.J. Reader. Mm-hmm. And I think a big reason why he came to Cincinnati from Houston was, sure, money matters. But I think he had other big offers, and the fact that Nick Eason was there um, was a big part of it. So I, I, it, it's tough because I think this is going to be the first year where we actually get to see what the, the vision was in 2019, where they can actually do exactly what they wanted to do from a scheme standpoint because it was kind of a square peg in a round hole, so to speak, especially with the injuries they had last year and the pieces that they were trying to make fit on the fly. James, do you know what kind of influence he had on the defense? Was he over the rotations when guys got subbed in, or was that more at the defensive coordinator level? I believe that was more of the, the defensive coordinator level, and Lorena Rumo handled mm-hmm. that. And it, sure. we'll, uh, it, it, it's, again, it's one of those things where our coaches will, will tell you a little bit here and there. Yeah, sure. Uh, I, will say, I, I will say I think the, you know they are open to uh, having some position coaches have a little more um, uh, responsibility in that realm. But uh, I don't think Nick, from what I know, had 
had any of the, you know, made those decisions. Now, I do go back to 2019 and uh, just thinking back to, to some of the things that Lou Anarumo talked about last year. And before Geno Atkins got injured, before Carlos Dunlap kind of got disgruntled and upset about his role, the plan was for to have those guys on a snap count. And I think that was one of the things that Nick Eason was going to manage. Now things blew up and it wasn't, you know, Nick's fault by any stretch, right? Gino getting hurt and Dunlap becoming disgruntled. I think that's more on Lou Anarumo and Zach Taylor. But uh, th- that's the thing is he was probably in a, a really tough spot in a spot that he uh, probably won't have to, to worry about much at Auburn. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. What caused him to no longer be the defensive line coach at Cincinnati? What happened there? How did it end? Honestly, <laughs> I think sometimes, and not sometimes, a lot of times in the NFL, you have scapegoats or you know guys that you know you just got to get new faces in there. And I think defensive coordinator Lou Anarumo is on very, 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 very thin ice, mm-hmm. and so they they just needed to have someone else come in or, or some kind of scapegoat there and. Uh, they did the same thing with the offensive line coach, and I bet part of it was their contracts were up, and these coaches were like, all right, look, if we're going to go down, because Zach Taylor very much on the hot seat, Luana Rumo very much on the hot seat, Sure, let's, let's go down with insert whoever is still available. And so maybe it was just that simple and why they, they moved on, and they were able to get a, a guy in Marion Hobby who is familiar, again, with, with a, a guy like DJ Reader. I'm not sure about that, but I, I do think that that's, that's certainly part of it. Auburn fans are certainly excited about the guy uh, for multiple reasons. And, you know, the reason I asked about what kind of defensive front Cincinnati had is, you know, Auburn brings in Derek Mason, who was at Vanderbilt, and he's switching the defense to, a, you know, a 3 4 front. And Auburn fans have wanted a 3 4 for a long time. And so I think, I think a lot of folks will be excited to see that, you know, he, he's kind of used to coaching. This type of thing. Now, obviously, I think at the at the college level versus the NFL level, there's going to be a lot of different challenges from a scheme standpoint, and I'm sure you can't get super complex with blitzing and you know multi gap systems for some of these interior defensive linemen. But it seems like guys want to play for them. You know, with this uh, this evolution of the transfer portal, there's all these guys transferring that you know have limited years of eligibility left, and they're like, hey. I want to go to the NFL, and they're talking to a guy that's been in the NFL for the better part of a decade. I mean, that's got to have value, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And like I said, I mean, he's worked with, you know, guys like like I just mentioned, guys that respect him. I never heard, not that you hear much from Geno Atkins, but it's not like Geno Atkins didn't like Nick Eason. Or, mm-hmm. you know, Carlos Dunlap, his beef wasn't with Nick Eason. And so I think that it, it it's a great way he got – a guy like DJ Reader to come to Cincinnati following a two-win season. I mean, think about that. They, right. He was probably the high end or, or the top of the – really one of the better free agent defensive linemen that, that offseason, last offseason, and, and they were able to get him. Uh, so I think that that's certainly part of it. Familiarity matters, right, from his time with the Texans. At the same time, that, that experience when you're – at least based on what I know, when you're going into these homes uh, of these high schoolers and, and really trying to, to get top of the top of the top type talent to recruit in the SEC, uh, someone with experience like that, someone that has the, the, the pelts on the wall, someone who's played, right? I think all of that matters and certainly um, is something if I'm an Auburn fan, I would certainly be excited about. 
James Rapine, thank you so much for your time, man. Really, really appreciate it. Where can uh, where can listeners find uh, find all of your stuff? Uh, simple, man. Locked on Bengals, like you said. We uh, we're going down to, to three days a week in June, but we'll be back to that that full five days a week in July. It's the only daily Bengals podcast, so it's uh, that's uh, that's the place to be if you're looking for for Bengals content. And, and, and by the way, CJ Uzama, yeah, is back. So that's uh, that's certainly certainly something that Auburn fans will uh, want to pay attention to. I think he might have a big year. Hey, CJ's a friend of the show. We love CJ around here. So absolutely, <laughs> James. Thank you, brother. Yep, of course, man. Today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. They have nine delicious flavors, plus rotating limited edition flavors, uh, including a new flavor, Grasshopper Cookie. Yeah, yeah. We got a box of Grasshopper Cookie. Haven't tried one yet. But looking forward to it. It looks minty. Uh, they've got a ton of different flavors of coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, something for everyone. All very high in protein, very low in calories, very low in sugar, and uh, very low in net carbs. It is a uh, protein bar that looks and tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. Now joining us, our typical Monday guest, but he just can't get enough of being unlocked on Auburn. And we can't get enough of him. Lindsey Crosby, how are you? I am doing well. I am uh, very excited. Uh, when you are listening to this, it will be the same day as Chicken Parm Night. That's right. Cannot wait. So excited. Oh, I can't wait either. It's going to be the awesome. The special is called The Brad. If you haven't <laughs> checked out Rob's Ribs on Instagram, it's called The Brad. And it's gorgeous. I cannot wait to put that in my face. I asked them to call it the Brad like when we first started about this, and they were like, "And eh, we'll see." And so, like, I didn't bring it up again because I was kind of asking for a lot <laughs> for a barbecue restaurant that's only been open a few months, and they're still like getting their, you know, the, their feet up under them, and like people don't want to work right now, and so like they're short staff. And I'm like, I'm throwing a lot at you, hosting a nonprofit, hosting a you know a podcast community. Uh, and also, hey, barbecue restaurant, Rob's Ribs, can you make a chicken parm? So, like, I don't want to add, but I'm glad they actually called it the Brad. So, that is hilarious. That is fantastic. I have heard, sources have told me it is very good. Good. I, I can't wait to try it. For Rob's Ribs. It is very good. I can't wait to try it. Um, and, of course, if you're listening before Thursday evening uh, from 6 to 8, Rob's Ribs, um, come by and hang out with us. And also, um, please bring a, a donation of a non-perishable food item for the Food Bank of East Alabama. They'll have a drop-off zone there as well. All right, so you dropped some nuggets in the Locked On Auburn Discord, and if you want to join this, I'll put a link in the episode description, but you dropped a few nuggets from somebody that works in baseball in regards to scouting. They do some scouting stuff, and you got him to send you some notes from um, the company that he works for uh, about some Auburn players. Yeah, so not to out my source so he works for, for a perfect game they got a lot of scouts i'm not burning them here one of the more but, uh, one of the more reputable baseball scouting websites exactly and i was like hey i'd love to know what you guys are thinking about our auburn players who are draft eligible and so he sent me some notes i've got a couple guys here i kind of want to run through real quick um first one 
our favorite, Short King Ryan Bliss. Thank you for saying his full name. Yes, they have him as the number 47 overall prospect. And it's really interesting, you know, that they talked about strong for his size, good hand-eye coordination, and they're really big on his offense, which you were surprised for being a short king. But they said, you know, he's got a big leg kick that helps him generate power. Um, His swing isn't pretty, but he barrels the ball, generates a lot of hard contact, and he has what they think is necessary to be what they call a table setter. Uh, you know, so like a leadoff guy who can get on base, high on base percentage, who can, you know, st- like not incredibly fast, but can take advantage of opportunities to move up an extra base, pass ball, a steal here and there, and put himself in scoring position. The downside they had for him was they don't think that his arm is strong enough to stick at shortstop. His future is probably second base, but they do see him as a as a major league level player in the future. So very excited to see a second round projection on Ryan Bliss. Yeah. Yeah. At this point, based on just what I've read and what you've talked about, if Ryan Bliss is not the first Auburn baseball player drafted in next month's draft, it would be a shock. It'll be an absolute surprise. Um, You know, just like I said, everything we've seen should be good. Uh, The second guy off the board should be Richard Fitz. So obviously he's been key for us. He was a reliever in 2019 as a freshman he threw six innings against Georgia Tech, if you remember right. Shut out innings in the regionals. Uh, but they they talked about his fastball. He's got great velocity. He can touch 100. And he's a potential starter. He just has to work on his secondary pitches. So, uh, you know, he, he throws a four-seam fastball. He has a sinker in the low 90s. But he needs to work on his changeup and his splitter. And if he can get a little better control of those, having a four-pitch arsenal can make him as a number three or number four starter in MLB. And you never draft a pitcher expecting him to be a reliever. Mm-hmm. The goal is to be a starter. Um, but they think that he has the tools to do that, uh, provided he can work on his control a little bit. His arm action, delivery are really good. He throws strikes. It's just a matter of working on his control and shaping those pitches a bit. All right, and they had another pitcher up there a good bit, which surprised me. Yeah, Carson Skipper was on the board. It's the first time that I've seen Carson Skipper on the board so far. He's a junior, so he doesn't have to come out. He can come back. But they said that, you know, he had an above average to excellent changeup. There was a little bit of of difference in opinion in some of the scouts that saw him, but that his curveball needed some work. As he stands right now, he's about prospect number 362 or so, somewhere in there. So back half of the draft. If he were to get drafted right now, the projection is an organizational guy, somebody who's going to be in your minor leagues for a couple seasons, give you some depth, but not expected to contribute at the major league level. I'd expect him to come back, work on some of those things so that he can move up into the, you know, probably the 100s and and have a chance at being a starter in the pros. So they had Skipper and Fitz higher than Greenhill. So yeah, there was a lot of a lot of debate on Greenhill, and I actually pushed back a bit on some of what the the company had for Cody Greenhill. I love that you're telling scouts like, eh, go watch that again, please. Go watch that old miss outing one more time, real quick. That is exactly what happened. They said like, okay, you know, Cody Greenhill, we really see him as like too reliant on the fastball. Uh, you know, when he was a reliever, when he was our closer the fastball was his out pitch. And so they said they saw him as not really having developed a secondary arsenal. And I kind of explained, you know, go back to the old miss game, 
him versus uh, Gunnar Hogland. He's coming off a foot injury. He doesn't have the velocity on the fastball. He's touching maybe 90 on the fastball, but he's using he's using a slider. He's using a curveball. He went, I believe it was seven innings of one run ball, 110 pitches. I'm like, go back and watch that film and get a cross check. Cody Greenhill's better than you have him rated, and whoever takes him, I think is going to be pleasantly surprised by what they get in the bull when he gets into their organization. Any other Auburn guys mentioned? What about Miller? Tyler Miller was right there on the borderline where he may or may not go. They had him about 190, and they said he he was a, a dependable bat. So, you know, 20 homer power potential, mostly on the pull side. He, he had to work on his discipline. He's very much a fastball hitter. You could you could fool him with breaking pitches. You could fool him with change-ups. Um, and then he didn't really defensively have a position. So he was drafted out of high school as a shortstop, 17, 17th round pick of the Pirates, I think. Uh, he played that in Juco. We had him in the corner outfield last year and then playing mostly first and third this year. So they said defensively he could maybe do second base, but he's probably a third baseman or left fielder. And then with his offensive struggles, he could get drafted now, but I really think he would benefit from coming back for a year, refining his approach to off-speed stuff, and maybe moving himself up into a top 100 prospect in the 2022 MLB draft. It'd be such a big deal if these guys came back. I mean, obviously, yeah. I think the, you know, I don't think Fitz is going to come back. And, you know, obviously, I think Ryan Bliss should go get paid. But, I mean, these other guys that are friends, I mean, how big of a deal would it be if these guys came back and, you know, gave Butch Thompson another season? So Tyler Miller is going to be the biggest key. We do have, so we have uh, a top 10 rated recruiting class as of right now we're number seven in the country 17 guys in the class but the thing to remember with with baseball recruiting compared to football is guys can get drafted right out of high school Mm -hmm. and so you can't really look at the ratings of the class until you've replaced your drafted commits with juco transfers so having a reliable offensive bat that you can pretty much put just about anywhere on the field and tyler miller would be huge for this Auburn program going into next year, especially when so many teams in the SEC have been very top heavy and are graduating a lot of talent, bringing back one of the leaders in RBIs in the conference would be huge towards giving us the flexibility of fielding a good competitive team next year. Can you get notes on the potential draftable guys in Auburn's recruiting class? I'll ask and, and, and reach out. I I don't know how many of that. I don't know how many members of that class are, you know, that highly sought after I, I'm, I'm uneducated on that, but I, I'd love to get more information about those guys. Yeah. I specifically asked about Peyton Glavin cause I was curious. Um, and they said, given his pedigree and by that meaning he's a Glavin, his daddy. He's pro- yeah. He's yeah. probably going to get at least a free agent deal if he's not signed in the top 20 rounds. Yeah. But that as of right now, he's not necessarily viewed as a pro prospect uh, simply because of the inconsistency he's shown that he's good for the first time through the order and he doesn't have the, the secondary pitches to to make it through multiple outings. And like I said earlier, you don't draft a guy with the intention of him being a reliever. You draft him to be a starter. And then if his secondary pitches don't develop or his control doesn't show up, you move him to the bullpen. Mm-hmm. So he's somebody who, you know, I'm not quite sure on, but I've reached out and I've asked for some more info on some of these other guys because I just want to know what are their options. I'd love to know about Stephen Williams. We didn't get to him in our conversation today. So he was one of the guys I asked about. Can you tell me more about him? And I'm just waiting to hear back. Okay. Yeah. We'll keep us updated. And then uh, 
I'm sure you'll be on the show again on Monday to kind of give us an update. Lindsey Crosby, where can people find you and hear you? I am at Auburn Banker in all the socials and on the Discord. I am on Newstalk WANI, Monday through Friday, 7 to 9 with you, and I will be at Chicken Parm Night, Thursday, yes. from 6 to 8. Let's go! Chicken Parm Night. Gosh, Rob's Ribs is taking care of us. Can't wait to hang out with the godfather of Auburn football, Brad LaRondo. It's going to be a good, good evening. Hope you guys can enjoy it, or enjoy it with us. And if you're listening after that on Thursday evening or Friday, I'm sure we had a good time. So... Uh, We have a Ferg Friday tomorrow. We answer a ton of listener questions asked by you guys. Be sure to check that out and a whole lot more. This has been Locked on Auburn. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.